What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the shit show that you love called Spread the Dread Podcast. Uh, yes. I'm John. And I'm Joe. And uh, I think I think we made it out of order that time. Yeah. A little bit out of order. But to be fair, it's hot as fuck in our house right now <laughs> yes. because our AC is fucked up. It's yeah. under warranty. We got a new house. But... Because it's under warranty, everybody who's going to help us out with it's dragging yeah. their fucking asshole on it. Yep. So we're sweating balls, but we're still going to record this, aren't we, Joe? Yes, we are. And despite, another, but despite our equipment. <laughs> hey, yo, outside of the the AC being fucked up, which doesn't have anything to do with the show, and the fact that we're sweating and drinking beer, uh, so we can stay cool while we do this, as opposed to our normal thing of. White sugar-free monsters and vodka, and I promise you, bottom shelf vodka. I'm talking about the shit that fell under the shelf. Yeah, because we love our booze, we so why pay it from Russian Standard to Taka? Taka is fucking great. I don't no, it sure is. Anyone says. We're not going to get into that right now. However, <laughs> um, but no, our our mics are shit in the bed. Yeah, you know as well as I do. When we started this, we got. I mean, literally. We'd look for the absolute the cheapest best shit. deal, plus had decent reviews on Amazon. Right. And we're like, okay, let's run with it. You know, bottom because base, we didn't mid, know. beginner we, shit. We, we didn't had know. no idea we were going to be almost at 1,000 IG followers, almost at 3,000 downloads. Yeah. Bridge in between three and 500 downloads per week. We yeah. had no we fucking had no idea. So we idea. did the sensible thing was like, hey. We're doing this for fun. Let's get the kind of equipment that says, hey, we're doing this for fun. But honestly, we were going to cancel this episode and wait another week because we ordered some, some really nice shit dreadheads. Yeah. We really did. But and we ordered it in time for it to be sent earlier. We're actually recording this on a Tuesday. We, we normally like to record on the weekends. Yeah. And then we got a few days to edit. We're recording this on Tuesday. This episode goes out tomorrow. Yeah. But we found out literally this morning that Amazon, who was supposed to have this shit to us like mid-afternoon today, shit got fucked up. The new mics aren't getting here until tomorrow. I know. We busted our ass to fucking like set up an actual spare room as a fucking studio. Well, yeah. The whole whole shebang with the new room for the studio. We'll talk about that at another time. Yeah. But for right now, we were going to cancel. But then you got Cassie's. <laughs> Muff Munchin. ass. Muff Munchin, Wisconsin fucking living <laughs> ass. We, we got people you. like Greg Toxic. We got people like A Sizzler. We got Unicorn Princess. We got Pizza Thighs. We, and I'm going to tell you what, Naito. yes, we got all these fucking dreadheads who are like, oh, I can't wait for the new episode. We agree. We love you. I'm not, I, you know me, I, I'm fucking, I'm fucking, I'm just being a little dick, you know, <laughs> but every Cassie this morning was like, I thought it was Wednesday, probably because she was drunk in or high the night before smoking weed, eating cheese curds and drinking <laughs> OMB because she's from Milwaukee. OMB. However, she was like, oh, I thought it was Wednesday, and then it wasn't Wednesday, so my drive to work sucks, and why isn't it Wednesday? Y'all better be... So we were like, all right, well, fuck it. So, hey, if the, if the, if the audio goes haywire, blame Cassie. <laughs> blame Cassie. Blame Greg Toxic. Blame Unicorn Princess. Blame Jeremy Naito. Blame Pizza Thighs. 
Blame fucking, uh, what was it, James Walton? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the A Sizzler, a uh, role model who gave us the idea for this. That all these fucking dreadheads, if you're new here and you're like, well, why didn't they wait? Because there's actual dreadheads. You ain't earned your spot yet, newbie motherfucker. You'll <laughs> earn it. You'll learn how to get it. But the OG dreadheads were like, I can't wait for the new episode. And we're like, the mics aren't working. So I spent literally all my break time from work today just yeah. just working on mics, yeah. working on cables. I hope they hold up. If they don't, go well, fuck yourselves. Because you. the real OG dreadheads understand how shitty of a podcast this should be. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully by like the next episode, we're going to be in a different room in the house, totally dedicated to being a studio. It's got the, the, the foam squares for all the recording shit, new mics, all of that shit. But if you don't hang with us in our low times like this week, go fuck yourself. And go, you know what? Go fuck yourself twice, and you don't deserve us. For richer, for poor motherfuckers. You goddamn right. <laughs> so, uh, now, this episode, Joe, is about Richard Kuklinski, the Iceman. Yeah. Uh, but, however, Joe, the, we, we broke two records back to back, back goddamn last back, week. Yes. Yes. Uh, the last episode we did was Fritz Honka. Before then was Armin Mays. We did the Gonzalez Valenzuela sisters. And then Eileen uh, Warnos. Eileen Warnos wrecked us for first week plays. Yeah. Y'all showed out. Armin Mays came in like a boss-ass German with a penis, like a Nazi, <laughs> in our playlist and just slaughtered Eileen. Then we put in Fritz Honka's fucking cockeyed, fucking hooker-hacking-ass, goofy fucker, and y'all just ate it up. And what was it? It was Thursday and Friday of last week. Yes. Y'all, yes. we, we broke a record on Thursday for single day plays and unique single day plays. Yes. Then we broke it that Friday. We broke both of them again. Thank y'all so was, much. Yeah, thank you. Because it was the first day. It was like 20 by 20 or, or more. And then the following day by 30 or more. Yeah, it was. Like, it was holy shit. Thursday we and Friday. Yeah. shit about it. Thursday and Friday of the previous episode week was fucking nuts. So, and yeah. again, we haven't changed. We've been the same piece of shit. We've learned how to filter ourselves better technologically to try yeah. to make the show sound better. We're investing our in our minds. is not filtered. We're still the pieces of shit you've <laughs> known from episode one. We're the same pieces of shit. I'm the same piece you're the of white shit. white trash. I'm the Asian trash. Yeah, trash power, trash. Asian power, yeah. fucking true crime power. We in this bitch. But thank y'all so much for showing out so big for yeah, us last weekend. So real quick, Joe, we got we got a couple of brand new yeah. five-star super spreaders. Now, again, if you want the five-star super spreader shout-out and sticker, there's only one way to get it. you got to post up on Apple uh, Podcast somewhere else. If you can send us a screenshot, you got to fucking give us a review, a positive review. Don't just give a five-star and be like, yeah, there it is. A written review. The people we're about to bring up, they did that, and they're free fucking exclusive. We're not going to sell these stickers. You don't deserve to buy these <laughs> fucking stickers. You got to earn these goddamn things, and the OG dreadheads have it, and we got two brand new slash OG dreadheads on this one. The first one is from Sherry. You can check her out on Instagram at pizza underscore thighs. 
So she left a, a love fucking, that username, by the way. Yeah, I love pizza. I love broad <laughs> thighs. Yep. Cassie can agree with that. She loves women's thighs. She probably likes pizza because she's from Wisconsin. There's cheese on pizza. Fuck it. Uh, but she said, hey, I randomly picked the first episode to start on. Turned out to be the Gonzalez Valenzuela sisters. If y'all haven't checked that out yet, y'all need to. Yeah. One of our more obscure topics, but they hold a Guinness World Record. I ain't saying shit beyond that because you need to fucking check it out and be a true dreadhead. Check it out now. Uh, She said, I can't even focus on the actual info, Joe. Or breathe because I am laughing so fucking hard. Also, all caps, trash power. Obviously, Sherry's a white mutt like me. If you're a white fucking asshole, we don't need to do white power. Fuck white power. KKK's already fucked that up. We don't need that shit. No. If you want to be white, hey, I'm white. I love everybody, no matter what the fuck their color is, but I want my own fucking calling card. Trash power, motherfuckers. <laughs> Trash power says, I'm white. If you're black, brown, yellow, polka dot, red, whatever, I stand with you. But trash power, goddammit. So, so Sherry, con- Sherry Mosley in Texas, your sticker will be hitting the mail this week. Go yeah. ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. I was just going to say. I, the Asian I, yep. has to comment the Asian comment. on trash power. No, it, it, honestly, She's only said, 50% trash, everybody. Off. Take it with Actually, a grain of salt. Actually, I thought it was kind of funny what I had thought of when I saw her message in the inbox of IG. I was like, does that technically make me like, I don't know, panda trash? Panda trash? Uh, yeah. Because you're Asian yeah, and white? Yeah, trash panda, yeah. No, what you're called is- I'm tr- over here drinking a fucking Bud Light. Like- you seriously, you seriously have more white tendencies than me. Yeah. Which is beautiful. This is why in the future, we're all going to be yellow. We're going to have- dre- <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna have We're going to have dreadlocks. Bring in more black guys so that we all have bigger dicks. In the, in the, <laughs> and I, I'm saying that as a white male. Bring in the blacks. We got to make sure the black guys get- Penetrate good good dicks in the future. The 22nd century needs to be ruled by yellowish, brownish, tannish, khaki people with really fine so yellow, hair. No, yellow guys slightly, with big Slightly That's narrow so eyes racist. and fucking just hanging hysterectomies. <laughs> That's the future, I'm telling you. At that point, we do, we do that, the aliens will start talking to us. No. They'll be like, they've got to figure it figured out. All right, so moving on to the second five-star super spreader. We got Jennifer from Palm Beach, Florida. You can check her out on Instagram at Dresden2713. She had a hell of a time getting the reviews to post. I will tell you with Apple, 24 to 48 hours before it actually shows up. But Jennifer, she wanted this exclusive spread the dread sticker so goddamn bad. She just hammered them in there. And much power to you, babes. I appreciate it. She says, y'all kick major ass. Uh, I, you know, thanks so much for being a kick-ass podcast and all that stuff. She's awesome. So welcome, Jennifer. Yes. And welcome, Sherry, to being an actual dreadhead. Your five-star super spreader stickers are hitting the mail this week. So that's our new five-star super spreader dreadheads for this week, Joe. Now, for them and our old... Cats, where is the best place to check out all things Spread the Dread podcast, Joe? Oh, the brand new website just got updated at spreadthedreadpodcast.com. What are they going to find there, Joe? Oh, the, actually, there's more to announce. You take yeah. your time. 
take you. I'm sorry this intro's a little long, but we have some stuff to talk about, Dreadheads. And if you're new here, fuck off. You're new here. We're not fucking playing this shit around you. Settle in, scoot into your seat, grab some popcorn, welcome to the shit show, and listen to Joe right now. <laughs> so, we actually just, or well, I just updated. I'm gonna take just, credit. I'm, I'm take credit. Take you credit. should. Yeah, no, you yeah. should. You should. Sorry. This is all you, not me. Yeah, so I actually just spent the last week completely updating the website. We have direct links, obviously, to the top eight podcast platforms. That we're hosted on. Yeah, we're on way more than those eight, but for the streamlineness of the web, I promise you, no matter where the fuck you're listening. We just want to make it easier. We're on there. If you listen to Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, Stitcher, Stitcher. Podbean, Castro, oh, God damn. I, I, There's so Cast many. Cast FM. FM yeah. well, are we on, we're on iHeartRadio, I think. I Maybe Pandora, think. Whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah. All that shit. We're on there, but we wanted to streamline the website for the for the main shit because most of our stuff comes from Apple and Spotify, like yeah. most people. Yeah. I ain't knocking you if you do otherwise. Not in that order, though. No, it fluctuates. Yeah. One week, Apple will be tops, and then, like, the next... Uh, Spotify is honestly our main thing. Yeah. Because, obviously, dreadheads, we're fucking white trash, yellow <laughs> trash, black trash, brown trash, red trash, all that shit. So, a lot of us have Android. So, again, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, yeah. those like to cross the party lines, which is how we do it here. So, but, 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 but back to Joe. Back yeah. to you, babe. Uh, so, outside of just those um, main uh, podcast links. Right. We, we, got, also, we got, what, the top eight. And we also have our YouTube and our BitChute. is up there. But now, we have a merch store. Holy shit. Yeah. Now you can spread the dread and shop the dread. Yes. Dun, there, dun, dun. There are new designs. I busted my hump to make sure that Dreadheads had a fucking something new to fucking look at. You did at. E- every design on there. Again, apart from our caricatures of Billy and Mandy, the, the Grim Adventures of Billy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now Joe did tweak them and stuff like that, but yeah. all the designs you'll find on our store. That's Joe. That is Joe. Joe designs our website. Joe designs any of the art that you see here. That's all fucking Joe. And again. I will say it. We ain't the top podcast out there, <laughs> no. but we are the best looking shitty <laughs> podcast that has ever existed in this goddamn game. And that is because of our resident. I have a BS in psychology and I'm currently going through RN school <laughs> co-host Joe motherfucking Jones sitting over there <laughs> and I yield the floor right fucking back to her. But anyway, so yeah, we now have merchandise. There are several designs and stickers and shirts, but we have also added a donate button, but it's a lot more elaborate than what it used to be. We have tiers. Now, I'm not going to go into all of that. There are different tiers, but feel free, jump in, give it a look, see if you want to give us more money. Especially now that we've had to fucking reinvest into more fucking equipment. Help us out. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the thing is, and, and a, a, there's been some people that have already donated to us. And oh, I promise yeah. you, we we're, are going to, we're, going, we're, we're going to backfill that. So if you yes. gave us five bucks one month, you fall into a tier. Yep. We're going to fucking honor that because that's the way we do it here. We do not do this podcast for profit. No. What you give us goes back into the podcast. Every goddamn I got a, I got a very good job. Joe's going to become an RN. We do this for fun. So any monetary shit that comes into yep. it 
we want to put it into making a better product for the dreadheads. So if you've Absolutely. given money, a fucking thank you. You donated yeah. money without any incentive. And it's so goddamn appreciated. It, it absolutely really is. is. But now, but we're, we're doing donation tiers. We're going to have flyers coming out on the yeah. Facebook, the and IG. Instagram, of course, yeah. you can check out the Facebook and IG, spreadthedreadpodcast.com. Uh, you, you check us out there. Those are going to be coming in the next like 24, 48 hours. It's going to break down all of the donation tiers. Yeah. All well, of that 24, stuff. 40, well, 24 hours from the point we're recording is going to be live by the point you fucking hear this episode. Well, I, it sorry, is I, live. Meant, I meant like 24, 48 hours before the, the flyers go up on like oh, IG and Facebook. Okay. Okay. The website's sorry, live, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. You can go on there, but and feel free if, if you, if I you pre- check the website. I ejaculated and just like fucking click. You're the first woman that's probably ever confessed to that (laughs) and or had it. And as a guy, a straight, cisgendered, white male, I thank you. Uh, But but if you you have any questions, feel free. Hit us up on on IG Messenger, Facebook Messenger, or spread the dread podcast at gmail.com or... No, I said or... I'm passing it to you. <laughs> STD pod on Snapchat, motherfucker. Uh, again, if you ever hit up our Snapchat, you are never talking to John STD. No. John STD don't have it on his phone. Whatever the fuck you sick fucks do to Joe, you're on your fucking own. But yeah, if you're curious about it and you can't quite find it, we're rolling it out. We're trying to do our best on it and everything like that. But if you have questions, feel free to reach out on Snapchat, IG, Facebook, or through our Gmail, spreadthedreadpodcast at gmail.com. There is a merch store. There now is donation tiers, and there's a lot of cool shit in those donation tiers. We're not going to get into into this episode because honestly, also PayPal. By the way, we, I know we've reiterated yes, that yes, we will yes, not do yeah. Patreon. If you're listening to early ever, earlier yeah, episodes, we people. did secure yeah. a Patreon to make sure we held it. We actually currently still hold it. Yeah. We are not using it. Patreon no. takes far too much money from the people they handle, and a lot of the stuff with Patreon is all about donating to get extra. Uh, episodes, clips, chats, yeah. and stuff like that. We can't do that. I'm busy. I work a full-time job. Joe is full-time in RN school. We, we got have kids. two kids. The yeah. best we can do is give you some freebies for donating to us, and we felt like to do that the best way was through PayPal because if you've bought anything online in the past fucking decade, you have PayPal, but we have the tiers listed there. If you're listening to this and curious, Follow us on IG or Facebook, and you will get the flyers very, very soon that will break all of this down, and we always appreciate anyone who gives us any financial support, and we appreciate any of y'all who cannot give us financial support. What we want the most, tune in and fucking listen and spread that dread. That shit's free always. So now, Joe, one final bit of things. We got a new promo, uh, a podcast promo swap this week. Our promo swap comes from No Exit with Nicholas Coriz. That's IG at no underscore exit underscore with underscore Nicholas underscore Coriz. Nicholas Coriz is an old school dreadhead, but he has yeah, yeah he has a, he has a great podcast. That's all of like new. 
like horror and uh, like mystery stories and shit like that that he is creating. So you definitely, A, we want to sponsor him. He's no threat to us. He's a different <laughs> genre. So you can easily love Nicholas Corey's and spread the drift. <laughs> we ain't competing. But you definitely want to no go jealousy. support. No you jealousy. definitely want to go support Nicholas Curry's <laughs> The No Exit Podcast. It's a beautiful fucking thing. Right now, we're going to roll that promo footage for you. Experience creatures from beyond the black depths. Hear spirits wail from the edge of nowhere. Feel skeletal hands reaching out from the abyss itself. Find all this and much more on No Exit with Nicholas Corey's Original horror stories you can't hear anywhere else. Look for it on your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and many more. No Exit with Nicholas Corey's Listen tonight. So again, that was our podcast promo swap with No Exit with Nicholas Corey's. You can check out his podcast on all major platforms and follow him on IG at No underscore Exit underscore with underscore Nicholas. That's N-I-C-H-O-A, or sorry, O-L-A-S underscore Corey's, C-O-R-I-Z. An OG Dreadhead that should be followed and appreciated by all OG Dreadheads and new Dreadheads alike. All right, Joe. So we got all the housekeeping out of the way. I want to apologize to everyone. We had a few things to cover this week and all that stuff. We try to keep it like 15 minutes or less. Not the case tonight. It went went a little bit over. But now, (laughs) let us get to... The subject of this brand new Spread the Dread podcast, and that is the Iceman, Richard Kuklinski. Joe, break down that bio like only you know how. Uh, absolutely. So Richard Kuklinski was born April 11th, 1935. He died March 5th, 2006. He was convicted of five murders, but claimed he killed 100 to 200 other fucking people. Yeah, now I will say, if anyone has any kind of passing familiarity with Richard Kuklinski, more than likely you think that he killed more than five people. He's kind of a, I, here we go, I'm going to rhyme. With, <laughs> with, and this is, proves that, hey, I've been fucking smashing vodka shots, <laughs> but your boy's on point. A grandiose and verbose <laughs> serial killer. Mm. He was only convicted for five. There's a lot of shit where he talked, and I guarantee you most people, including me, I don't know about you, but including me until we actually did the research, thought that he had done a lot more than what he had done Yeah, yeah. because he said he did. He was never proven or any of that other shit, but we got fucking five people here, motherfucker. That's enough dread to spread. So here we go, Joe. Let's break into Richard Kuklinski's early life. So when he was born on April 11th in his family's apartment in Jersey City, New Which Jersey. Which literally, that, hey, you know what? This is where I like to tell everyone, yo, your boy, your boy is fucking Southern. Your boy is Southern as fuck. But if you're from New Jersey... Congratulations. You're from the Alabama slash Mississippi of the New England fucking territory. And the fact that the guy we're talking about was born in a Jersey City apartment (laughs) lends credence to that. 
I'm going to shut up. Here comes Joe. <laughs> he was a second of fourth, uh, four kids. His father was Stanislaw Kuklinski. His father was born in 1906 and is a Polish immigrant from Karwask, Moscovian Vovodyshik. God damn it, I can't even fucking pronounce Karvox, that. Masovian Vovodyshik. Now back to Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that I'm drunk. <laughs> And I'm the one that the fucking, <laughs> the half and half on this show calls this, hey, white boy, how does Poland designate their shit? And I go, oh, I'm it's so a, it's sorry a boy the white shit. boy in the room has so much common with, like, the Polish and the Russians. That I love multiculturalism. I love multiculturalism, i.e. why I ended up with a fucking half Filipino Irish broad, <laughs> and my children are mongrels, and I fucking love it, but... I've pronounced it correctly. Joe, continue. <laughs> His mother is Anna McNally, born in 1911 in Harrismus, New Jersey. She was a daughter of Irish immigrants from Dublin, Ireland. You know Worked- that spot? Yeah, yeah, I do. Cabbages uh- <laughs> and potatoes are either flowing like wine or they're not flowing at all. And if they're not flowing like all, there's a goddamn civil war. <laughs> Um, she actually worked as a uh, meat packing at a meat packing plant, but unfortunately, she was a zealous goddamn Catholic. What else do you expect from a, a ca- an Irish Catholic from the early nineteen? Well, technically twentieth century, nineteen hundreds. I think that's I that's a, that why I always expected is because my dad was like a vehement fucking like atheist. Because he was just like, Ugh. Well, I would like Fuck to point religion. out, if you're listening to episode 17 about <laughs> Richard Kuklinski, and you haven't checked out the other 16 prior episodes, <laughs> you will know that when a parent or parents are very religiously zealotous, I'm not, I'm not naming a religion, <laughs> I'm just saying, when the mom or dad, and or both are really into their religion, it's crazy the kind of fucked up people they turn out. Well, anyways. <laughs> so Stan uh, Law was a violent alcoholic who beat the kids on a regular basis and sometimes even beat his wife, Anna. Now, I'll let y'all know, Stanislaw was from Poland. If you're from Poland, listen to this thing going, hey, we don't all beat our wives. That's groovy, but I have an example, and I love Polish people. <laughs> Why don't you give me an example of a good parent who drank a lot and beat his wife, Joe, back to you? Stanslow would leave the family for large periods of time and would end up returning drunk and, uh, obvious, you know, obviously destitute. He would That's the best the way to come home alcohol. drunk. Hey, I've been gone. I ain't got shit to fucking repay anything, but hey, you got any you got any fucking food in that kitchen, babe? <laughs> That's Stanislaw. That's Richard Gulling's father. <laughs> uh, but, unfortunately, even in these times where, like, uh, his father was gone, his mother, Anna, was also very abusive to the kids. And she would even beat Richard with household objects, and obviously including brooms, which I can respect. My mom is down for that, and she's Asian. So we're, we're all well, hey, there. Hey, now, now, I, I love you. <laughs> I love you, but when you say your mom's Asian, everyone's like, oh, she's speaking third party. Her mother's probably Korean or like Vietnamese. No, Joe is half Filipino. So when she talks about getting hit with brooms, 
take it to the motherfucking bank. <laughs> it really happened. Honestly, I never got hit with the brooms. It was always my brother. <laughs> your, 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 your pure white brother. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Filipinos are way ra- more racist than white people. But that's neither here or there. Yeah, that's a whole We're here to spread the dread. We're not here to spread the fucking conspiracy. But yeah, Anna, she, you know, she was definitely down with that shit. And Kuk- Richard Kuklinski, a.k.a. the Iceman, who we're talking about, uh, during his trial confession, yada, 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 he actually said, quote, my mother was a cancer who destroyed everything she touched. So that's pretty much it for what we have for Richard Kuklinski's childhood, Joe. Let's bring us let's bring us to fucking all of us to scope on family, marriage, and early crimes for the Iceman. Okay, so Kuklinski had an early marriage to a woman named Linda and I think honestly, I honestly, Joe, I've only ever been married once. And that's to you. Uh-huh. Pretty sure I may have an ex named Linda that I don't remember. <laughs> if you're white and you played the field before you got married, I think there's a Linda out there. <laughs> that's like the most generic. That's like the Jane Doe of, hey, I hoard around a little bit, is a Linda. And if you're listening to this and you're a Linda and you're a dreadhead, I'm sorry your parents named you incorrectly. <laughs> But your name in white trash history means, hey, she led to my downfall. <laughs> Back to Joe. Here we go. So, Kuklinski had an early marriage to a woman named Linda, and they ended up having two sons, Richard Jr. and David. Now, yep. while Kuklinski was working for a trucking company, he ended up meeting a woman named Barbara Pedrisi, yep. and they were married in 1961. Oh, yeah. They had three children, Merrick, Christian, and Dwayne. So so Richard Kuklinski had five kids. Two different marriages. He had Richard Jr., David, Merrick, who was a girl, Kristen, and, well, I would imagine was a girl, and Dwayne from two different marriages. Go ahead, Joe. Barbara, she often described Kuklinski as being, quote, unquote, good Richie and Quote, quote, bad yeah, Richie. Yeah, let's break down between good Richie and bad Richie. Now, good Richie was the perfect family man who loved his wife and the kids and, and just enjoyed being with them and yep. doing, like, family shit. Now, bad Richie would sometimes be gone for months yeah. and would be rage-filled and abusive to Barbara and the children. Now, his daughter Merrick spoke of a time that Richard killed her dog right in front of her after she came home late. So it was like a form of punishment. Now, Barbara also claimed, the the wife, that she once asked Richard for a divorce and he stabbed her in the back with a hunting knife. And beat her unconscious. That so there's a true. lot of goddamn pent up rage and violence in him. Now, Kuklinski, he worked in a film lab in Manhattan in the mid 1960s, and he had access to master copies of films, and you know he he used he used these to make and sell bootlegs. Whoop. And if you don't know what a fucking bootleg is, sorry, we're not going to go into that. Oh, you should know what a bootleg is. <laughs> you technically probably listen to a, boot, a bootleg <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so also, he also did the same with pornographic films. 
Now, he was arrested for writing a bad check, but the charges were dropped. Ooh. The only crime he was ever convicted of prior to the murder charges at this point. That's it. So, but writing a bad check, that's it. Yeah, until but, he gets fucking locked behind bars. Uh, yes, but Kuklinski, he did step up around this time by forming what, Joe? <laughs> a burglary gang Yo. around Hey, if you've been with Spread the Dread, you know, you know, I we don't take Wikipedia and fucking run with it. We got Wikipedia. We got Murderpedia. We have shit, uh, 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 local articles from the country they're from, translated poorly, I'm sure, but way better than we could do. This is the only way it was ever referred to, Joe was as a burglary gang. gang. He started a burglary gang around this time uh, with himself, Gary Smith, Barbara Deppner, her brother, Daniel Deppner, and Percy House. So now we've talked about Kuklinski's childhood, his early adulthood, his marriages, his children, yada but yada. now... But none of you motherfuckers or motherfuckettes or motherfuck exes, whatever the fuck you identify as, none of y'all are here to hear about his humanity. You are here <laughs> to because hear about week the after week, murders. week after Let's week, like a smooth peanut butter. Maybe it's chunky peanut butter, but it's chunky because there's shells in that motherfucker. You're here to fucking let that fucking spread be fucking spread. So, Joe, let's get into... So, yeah, let's get into the murders. The, the Sorry, the confirmed and convicted murders okay. of Richard Kuklinski, a.k.a. the goddamn Iceman in New Jersey, babe. Yeah, so George Malabond, he was born... No, I'm sorry. I don't I don't got date of birth in these notes. I got the date supposedly the they best they killed. can figure okay. of when he was killed. So, or she, whatever, yeah. yeah. So January 30th of 1980, Kukunsi killed him during a meeting to sell tapes. So what kind of tapes? Was this like cassette tapes? So, so Kukunsi, now everybody, Joe's confused because John did the notes. And when John did the notes, he may have been drinking possibly during <laughs> office hours. That's neither here nor there. Kuklinski was kind of in, um, let's say, a seedy underbelly, but with modern electronics. So around this time, he was doing a lot of bootleg deals for, like, VCR recorders, blank VCR tapes that could be recorded, things like that. That was the high technology. Yeah, pornography was a big thing during VHS. Some of that, but even like blank VHSs, VHS machines, also some firearms. He was in the technology trade of the day, which you're talking late 70s, early 80s. That's fucking. That's VHS. Yeah. Okay. So that's what it was. When we say, you know, it was going to sell him tapes, it was, if I'm, if I'm reading correctly, and again, this is John, if you say, what a fucking shitty show, blame John, not Joe. But I'm telling you right now, I think I just typed it out wrong. It was for blank tapes. Okay. Back at this point, blank VHSs that could be recorded on was a big deal in the industry. Hmm. And he was kind of running a black market access to it. So continue, Joe. 
So, Melibon reportedly had $27,000 on him at the time. Oh, yeah. And now his body was discovered a week later in a 55-gallon drum near the Chemetic Chemical Plant no, in Jersey Chemitex. City. Oh, I'm sorry. Chemitex Chemical Plant in Jersey City. Now, my brain literally thought checks when I looked at it. <laughs> I would love some savory checks mix right now. You know, it's God got the damn it, stuff. Bud Light. Got the, got the rye <laughs> chips in there. That's some good ass check mix. However, uh, George Maliband hasn't been eating checks mix since the fucking 1980. Uh, Kuklinski cut Maliband's tendons so his body would fit into the drum. Interesting. Yes. That it's now, only the tendons. So he had some anatomical reference that he understood how like joints pivoted. I'm gonna Just guess saying. I'm gonna guess he stuffed Maliband head first. And that what it was. Nothing about Kuklinski suggest Kuklinski literally seems like one of those guys that that was a cold blooded killer. Don't get me wrong. But dreamed of being a far more successful and uh, notorious cold-blooded killer than what he was ever actually proven to be. Mm. Now, again, all of you can say, oh, Kuklinski confessed to 100 to 200 murders. Only proven for five. Does that mean Kuklinski only committed five? Abso-fucking-lutely not. But we're spread the dread. We'll give you our opinion, but we got to give you the fucking facts. The dude was only convicted for five murders. Yeah. He said all this shit to the authorities, and their side of the story was that they couldn't corroborate the multiple other murders he confessed mm, to. But when it comes to George Miliband, he's fucking signed, still delivered guilty. Uh, George Miliband's brother, Joe, told police that George was meeting Richard Kuklinski the day he disappeared. So let that rest while we go on to confirmed victim number two, Paul Hoffman. Yes. So on April 29, 1982, 51-year-old pharmacist that bought tapes from Kuklinski in Patterson, New Jersey, in a store that had a back room of stolen items and bootlegs for sale. Yeah, so around this time, so apparently, yeah, apparently Kuklinski had kind of like a back room storefront, basically, where people could come, versus he had to go to them, he could kind of, they could kind of come to him for all the stolen goods and yada, 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 and Paul Hoffman was a legit pharmacist that thought that he could get stolen drugs off Kuklinski for cheaper, make a better profit, but I'll let Joe explain as she goes. Okay, I've never heard of Tagamet, because it's not currently a peptic so ulcer ta- medication. So, so, so tag- Tagamet, I know it says stuff about ulcers, but I remember it from back in the day, it was really good for acid reflux and heartburn. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first, I, I now don't quote me. It's an old school Zantac. I won't then. say that it was over the counter, but it was, pre- it, you didn't need a lot of shit. But yeah, what did you just say, Zantac? Yeah. Yeah, it was, so, so like Ritalin is to Adderall, Tagamet is to Zantac. Yeah. It's kind of that fucking forefront before 
they kind of made it better. Yeah, it's an anti-ulcer. But back but yeah. then, yeah, Tagamet was the motherfucker of all motherfuckers when it came to acid or reflux and shit like that. Yeah, so Hoffman, he was last seen on his way to make this deal with Kuklinski and reportedly had $22,000 on him. And that's something so, you're going to keep so seeing. Him say, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it, him being like the ice man and being like, you know, oh, I went out and like cleaned up people. There's a lot of money involved, and that's all I'm going to say. Well, you didn't do the notes. The Iceman <laughs> uh, signature comes from a one specific event. Okay, there we go. Yeah, all and right. it makes it makes total fucking common sense. But yeah, no, Richard Kuklinski was about money. Richard Kuklinski would fucking, he would snuff out your fucking two-year-old, you know, fucking child if it was a net financial gain for him mm-hmm. so again spread the dreads here motherfuckers you i'm not here to fucking play tendencies. i'm not here to play into this shit kuklinski has a lot of mythos built around him that provably he does not deserve because what we can prove about kuklinski was that kuklinski loved bootlegging and loved money had nothing to do with murdering people. If people got in his way between his bootlegging and his earnings, he had no problem snuffing them out. Mm. But they weren't crime of passions. There wasn't a trend or anything like that. Oh, here is exhibit A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P, Q, R. It doesn't fucking matter what their M.O. is. If that person was standing between... Or in the way of Kuklinski earning money, he did not think fucking twice. Which, as a motherfucking killer from New Jersey, what else do you <laughs> fucking expect? Shout out to my New Jersey devils. But, Joe, let's get into the third confirmed kill of Mr. Gary yep. Smith. Yeah, so in December of 1982, a med- a me- he was a member of Kuklinski's burglary yes. gang. Now... Percy House, another men, a member of the gang, was arrested in this month and agreed to inform on Kuklinski. Exactly. So he was like, "Hey, I'm arrested. I'm gonna turn in evidence. Yeah, like, absolutely. Less my my, you know, my. Uh, I'm gonna save my skin. You want the yeah. boss? I'll give you the boss. I'm gonna save my skin. Yeah. It's New Jersey. Yeah, I'm Percy House. Win. Yeah. So now Kuklinski, he was already fearful of this and told the other members of the gang to lay low. Now, Kuklinski ended up renting them a room in North Bergen, New Jersey. When Smith left the hotel to visit his daughter, Kuklinski, obviously he was already worried, he was making a deal with authorities himself. Yeah, when Gary Smith left, no matter what legit alibi he had, Kuklinski said he's going to the fucking cops. Yep, and I'm gonna save my own ass, Yep, so to speak. we're gonna save us all. Fuck him. So, Kuklinski fed Gary Smith a cyanide-laced hamburger yep. and Daniel Deppner strangled him with a lamp cord. Which, if you don't remember earlier, Daniel and Barbara Deppner, brother and sister, sister, they were part of the gang, too. They had just as much to lose Daniel Deppner was like, yeah, fuck this guy. You told him to stay put. He's going out. I don't give a fuck what he says. He's going to visit. Let's fucking take care of this potential rat ASAP. 
Now, when his sister, Barbara, did not return with a car to dispose of Smith's body, could Clincy and Daniel Deppner place the body under the bed in the hotel room? Right. So, so Barbara, Daniel's sister, she was supposed to, she was apparently at least aware of this plan yeah. to kill Gary Smith. She was supposed to show up with the car so they could sneak Gary Smith's body out of this hotel and get rid of it. She never fucking showed up. So, Kuklinski and Daniel Deppner uh, just kind of fucking hid Gary Smith's body under the bed in the hotel room, Joe. And the room was rented out <laughs> several times over the next week. Guests would complain about the smell in the room. But once it got too much to be ignored, the hotel manager of said hotel, where Gary Smith's body was stowed under a fucking bed, investigated and found Gary Smith's decomposing body on December 27th of 1982. That tells me two days after seedy, Christmas. That's a uh, that tells me that's a seedy goddamn hotel. Well, yeah, because the manager was just like, up. "Hey, that room stinks." And the manager goes, "That's fine." And then finally, like the fourth person was like, "Yeah." I've been here before, and normally My it smells like watering. it normally smells like sex and hooker armpits, but it's a little different right now. It's kind of gamey. <laughs> and he was like, "Well, wait a second, that's new." Almany. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is it? Oh, it smells like fucking Too almonds. Sweet. Yeah, we don't sell almonds here. I can't sweet have my pungent. I can't have my guests expecting us to stock fancy nuts such as almonds. I better go and check this out. And boom, Gary Smith's body is recovered. Which Joe <laughs> brings us to the fourth confirmed convicted murder from uh, Richard Kuklinski, the Iceman. One, Daniel. Deppner. So to tie up fucking loose ends, Daniel Deppner. The loosest of ends. <laughs> hey, bro, thank you for disposing of that body. Why don't you go look into this corner real quick <laughs> while I do things behind you that aren't life-threatening? <laughs> uh, so Deppner, Daniel Deppner, was killed between February and May of 1983. That's a decent spread joke. Yeah. And go into why they could only pin it between that time period. Yeah, so after the murder of Gary Smith, Kuklinski moved his associate to an apartment in Burgenfield, New Jersey, that belonged to the fiancé of his friend, I guess, Merrick Kuklinski, Rich Patterson. Yeah, yeah, so, so Merrick oh, Kuklinski... Oh, I'm sorry, he yeah, was the fiancé of... Of Merrick yeah, Merrick Kuklinski was, was I believe, the eldest daughter from his newest marriage okay. with Barbara. And um God Rich, damn, he wrapped the fucking family up yo, in this shit. Yo, I'ma tell you what. I'ma Cold tell you what. Cold blooded. Everyone likes to knock on the south. <laughs> Close to the kin, the deeper in. Y'all say that about incest, and I'm not knocking y'all. I've make never jokes when I'm taking a swig of beer. I literally almost blew fucking Bud Light through my nose. Are you good now? As Hold a on, southerner, as a southerner, I've never fucked my cousin. As a southerner that knows people with cousins, I can't vouch for him. However, <laughs> when you say the close to the kin, the deeper in, and you talk about the New England area, it's all about crime. I always heard Rich, it's like about worse sin. Uh, I don't know. We didn't consider it a sin because we love Jesus and cousin fucking, so we can't we can't fucking conflate oh, the two. Terrible. However, when it comes to New England, fucking Kuklinski was like, "Hey, yo, yo, motherfucker, Richie Patterson, 
You're gonna marry my fucking daughter, Merrick? Let me borrow your fucking apartment suite for my fucking guy here. And Richie went, hey, fuck you. I love your daughter. Bring him on. <laughs> and th- so her fiance, Rich Patterson, was away, and Richard Kuklinski had keys and access to the apartment. Patterson helped Kuklinski, goddamn, dispose of the body after Richard said his friend was in trouble with the law and was murdered in the apartment by someone who broke in. You nice know what? alibi. You know what? you know what, Mr. Kuklinski? I don't even need to know anymore. I think you're an on-the-level guy. I fucking love your daughter, Merrick. She fucking cooks up a good ding daba deuce. She's fucking, she's good with the fucking red sauce and the fucking vino. You know what? If you need to borrow my apartment, you go right the fuck ahead. Yeah, yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Now, con- okay, as so- a southerner, it makes me happy to be able to stereotype northerners. <laughs> we don't get it that often. No, One of don't. our only breaks is when it comes to organized slash somewhat mafioso crime shit. So if you don't think your motherfucking co-host of Spread the Dread podcast, John STD, a.k.a. the Southern Dandy, ain't gonna fucking revel in it, you got another goddamn thing coming. I'm gonna turn it over to Joe right fucking now. Joe, get back in there. <laughs> so after he, you know, obviously uh, convinced Patterson that, you know, somebody else had murdered him in this apartment, Con- uh, he ended up convincing him of getting rid of the body, which would be best due to his friend's legal troubles. Like, he was convinced him, he was like, the only reason this happened is because he's in some shit, he got killed, help me dispose of this shit. I'm telling you, man, like, they don't That's ask a, a lot of questions. conniving fucking shit. Let's just go ahead and get this out there. Merrick Kuklinski had amazing vagina. <laughs> I'm not saying that in a sexist way, whether you enjoyed it as a female or a male, apparently she had the kind of vagina that fucking rocked Rich Patterson's world, and he could not think straight other than like, I gotta help out of dad so I can get back to the apartment, I can fuck Merrick. Yeah, yeah, bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) Now, Daniel Deppner's body was discovered on May 14th, 1983 by a bicyclist. In a wooded area of West Milford, New Jersey. No, I want everyone to remember. God damn. I just want everyone How to remember. How fucked up is that? You're just like doing a leisurely fucking bike ride. And like, good goddamn, there's a goddamn body. Like, that's fucked, man. And, and for everyone who's, you know, especially for our fans outside the U.S., which we have a lot. But for them and inside the U.S., New Jersey is literally the size of most counties within a U.S. state. You take out, like, Rhode Island and maybe one or two other New England states. New Jersey is fucking big as shit. It is nothing. So for all this shit to be taken seriously, this guy could have started in New York and been on a leisure bike stroll through New Jersey and found a body. If you're in New Jersey right now and you're killing people, travel the extra 25 miles and Bury them outside of your state. Kuklinski is proof of that because, yeah, they went through all this trouble and Daniel Deppner's body was discovered by a bicyclist in a wooded area near West Milford, New Jersey. Now, Joe, this spot was roughly three miles. 
I don't know how many kilometers that is for our other people. Probably like somewhere between four and a half to six. From a I ranch. Think that's 6.6. I think it's 2.2 is how it transfers. So I think 6.6 miles. I'm not interested in satanic math. <laughs> However. I'm, not, I'm probably not right, but I think. Uh, but per U.S. measurement, i.e. Jesus, <laughs> uh, Daniel Tepner's body was roughly only about three miles from a ranch that Richard Kuklinski and his family often visited to go horseback riding. How so, God hey, damn dumb is that? Wait, wait. Again, if you're going to murder in New Jersey, for God's sake. no fucking links. Do, murder in New Jersey? Do not dispose in New Jersey. I, that's just fucking, to me, that's murder. Yeah. Hell, take the extra amount I of time. I dropped a lot of things right then if you heard all those things. <laughs> Joe's going Joe's gonna to take over my phone, tablet, and vape both dropped. Not because I'm drunk, but because I'm so focused on presenting a good episode <laughs> for you pieces of shit. And Cassie, I'm talking to you most of all. Oh. Listen to Joe right now. I'm bowing out for a second. All I was going to say. Was that if you, I mean, there's tolls all all around this fucking area. I don't know if it was that in, in this point in time, but it's certainly a goddamn amount of tolls up and around New Jersey. How about you drop a fucking body on one state line and immediately haul ass to another state line and get yourself a toll ticket so you got a goddamn alibi? Wouldn't that be I hilarious? Am just saying. Wouldn't that be hilarious though if that's how he got caught up? Like Son of Sam got caught with parking tickets. <laughs> Kuklinski got caught up because he was like, "Fuck that toll! I'm not paying that. We'll fucking dump his body in fucking uh, West Milford." <laughs> and you know, so that's the way it went. But. Uh, the corpse, when it was discovered, Joe, it was actually being eaten by vultures. Wow. Now, the medical So he didn't exam- even bury the shit. He was just like... No, he, he dumped just- it on the fucking cold, hard West Milford, New Jersey fucking ground. He's the Iceman. He ain't got time he for his shit. He dropped it off like a goddamn cigarette butt. Hey. flicked him out of the goddamn window. I got blank VHSs that could be fucking used to fucking put out the unofficial Deep Throat sequel. <laughs> I got shit going on. So, the medical examiners, Joe, they could not determine cause of death, but they did notice pink spots on Daniel Deppner's skin, which could be linked to cyanide poisoning. They did determine that Deppner was strangled and surmised that the poisoning may have incapacitated him prior to the strangling because there were no signs of self-defense which is very rare in a grown man of Deppner's age when killed by strangulation. Deppner also had undigested food in his stomach, meaning that he died while eating or right afterwards. Forensics actually found that the food in Deppner's stomach was burnt Beans. I don't know if those were pintos, black eyes, what the fuck ever, uh, frijoles, negros, whatever the fuck you went to. They were fucking burnt beans. Uh, but they reasoned that the food was home cooked because restaurants would not normally serve burned food to people. So again, I thought refried beans would kind of go into that category. I, well, apparently Daniel Detner didn't have refried beans. I'm gonna go ahead and say a fucking mook. A fucking mookish white dude from New Jersey, at best, he was serving him up some kidneys or something like that. Beans, the most basic white boy fucking bean, northern beans, whatever. None of them were meant to be fucking overcooked. And 
eventually we're stacking the deck towards Kuklinski being his own fucking downfall. Now, this immediately leads us into Louis Musquet. This he, is the fifth and final victim that he was actually convicted yeah, of. In yes. his namesake. Yeah. So, he was discovered on September 25th, 1983, but he actually went missing on July 1st of 1981. Now, I do want to preface this. I'm going to let you get right back to it because I want you to do it. I saw notes that Louis Musquet was missing for like six months up to 15 months. And I'm saying between Wikipedia, Murderpedia, articles, this and that. Again, when it comes to Wikipedia, I, will, I don't care if I have one single source that bucks it. I will always err against Wikipedia. Yeah. So err with caution, absolutely. If if yeah. if you find something different, but it's Wikipedia based, I would more than love to chat with you, but I'm not gonna see it your way. Louis Masgay was a little bit tough to confirm all the details. I was literally bouncing between like three to five articles the most about him. Versus any other aspect of Richard Kuklinski. So what we're what Joe's about to read to you is the best I could do research-wise. If I was in college and had to present something, this is what I would present. Maybe I'd get an A plus, maybe I'd get a fucking D minus. <laughs> but I'm I just want to fucking put that out there because yes, we're drunk, but you know, <laughs> spread the dread. We research and we get fucked up. So if you love any of your other true crime podcasts out there that like to crack jokes, I guarantee you I listen to most of them. They're, they're just regurgitating Wikipedia at you while cracking jokes. We want to be different. I promise you that's what it is. And I'm going to turn it back over to Joe sometimes, right fucking no, now. Honestly, sometimes we need a drink to get past the facts. Just no, say that. I'm telling you, like we, I do, like when when me we are or empathetic Joe, people. There is times where we're like, holy. Usually, usually when that, it comes to when it comes to notes, we depend on whoever between me or Joe has the easier week that we could work. Since Joe has started nursing school and she's in the advanced placement program, most of these notes have fallen on me. Yes. So Thank I, whenever you. I have, no, no, I don't mind. But when I have downtime at work, I'm not going to fucking Wikipedia. I'm not going just to Murderpedia. I'm pulling literal fucking articles and shit like that, and I'm cross-referencing it. I dare you, if you're listening to a true crime podcast that loves to make irreverent jokes and joke and make funny humor, I guarantee you, no matter fucking what, and you know we don't pat ourselves on the back much, Joe. We don't. We love being the shit show. We're the shit show. But I promise you, when it comes to this kind of shit, we are probably the most well-researched of any of these fucking podcasts. Oh, yeah. We absolutely strive for that that, that marker. We right. Really so when do. it comes to Maskey, I just want to put that out there. Joe, get back to reading my notes. I'm confident in my <laughs> notes. But if you have anything to the contrary, we always welcome. IG, oh, yeah. Facebook, no, Spread the Dread Podcast. We're Gmail, not above putting at up spread the dread podcast at gmail.com. We would love to get a different insight. We're not like your other motherfucking holy cows, sacred cows who don't want to fucking talk to you. We would love that, but I promise you, 
We fucking dig deep. Joe, I'm off my soapbox. Get back to the episode, sweetie. <laughs> so like I was saying, he was discovered on September 25th of 1983, but went missing on July 1st of 1981. He was found with a bullet hole in his head in Orangetown, New York. He was supposedly going to meet Kuklinski to buy, obviously, another set of blank fucking video well, cassettes. A very large amount of yeah, ba- blank video cassettes. Yes, because he had $95 goddamn thousand dollars on him when in his van for this extremely large fucking purchase. His body was stored in a freezer for an extended period of time before being dumped. And the only reason we know that is that the Rockland County Medical Examiner found ice crystals inside the body. So he was actually not even completely thawed when he was found. Now, this led Kuklinski's, to Kuklinski's name, the Iceman, there we go. being used in the media. Exactly. So, and I so, and if you were under the guise of my even or myself, guys, is that oh he's the Ice Man? He's like a mafia hitman. Like you know he's ice goddamn cold. That's the reason why you have it. I did too. So we share that goddamn same thing. No, that's where urban legend clashes up against real life because for most people who don't research this stuff, and again. You're an you're a dreadhead, whether you're OG or you're new. I promise you, you listen to us, you're gonna fucking stick around because you're gonna be like, I don't like that they said this about lesbians, but you're gonna stick around because deep inside you fucking love it because we are the fucking shit show that is fucking humanity. But when it comes to Kuklinski, and this was even before I did the deep dive research, I even I think I even told you, I was like, oh, he was known the Iceman because he was this cold-blooded mafioso killer. Yep. Look, maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. However, we have to take into account what people are saying, and per the powers that be, whether you like them or not, Nothing ever linked to Kuklinski outside of these five murders other than what seems to be his grandiose opinion of himself. Mm-hmm. So literally, the ice And I'm man, saving my personal opinion till the very end, but I do agree with you on that front. Well, no, because the whole idea of the Iceman comes from this murder. Yeah. But 99 out of 100 people, if they know anything about Kuklinski, they're going to think, much like you and I did before doing this research, that it come from being a cold-blooded mafioso hitman. No, it didn't. It came from one murder that was proven and linked to him out of five murders where he stored a body into a frozen containment center. It had nothing to do with the other shit. This is where the name came from. So again, I love the almost um, like urban legend status of Richard Kuklinski. I fucking adore it. It's actually way more cool than who Richard Kuklinski was. was, I'm not here to spread anything other than the dread. And when we talk about spreading the dread, that's the the dread is a wool shawl that is keeping the truth nice and cozy in the cold weather. This is the reason that Richard Kuklinski was known as the Iceman. And that had to do with his fifth 
and final linked murder of Louise Gasquet, Masquet. So the conclusion of Masquet immediately brings us into the sting and arrest of Kuklinski. Oh, yeah, because they ran a sting on this motherfucker. Yeah. Watch the old school movie with Paul Newman about the sting. This was a sting. <laughs> they fucking caught Richard Kuklinski with both hands red and fucking guilty. <laughs> so, Pat Kane, he was, a New, he was a New Jersey state police officer, had been building a file on Kuklinski due to his connection with the burglaries and stolen merchandise sales in the area. Yeah, because everybody that was linked to this shit, everybody knew that they were going to meet Richard Kuklinski before they went fucking missing. Yeah. He didn't do a goddamn, again, for the Iceman, he certainly didn't leave a cold trail. This motherfucker was sloppy as shit, yeah. Joe. Yeah, no, he was like, oh, there's five unsolved fucking murderers since, I'm good. you know, he was the last person. Look at how big Kuklinski. of a state New Jersey is. Yeah. No one's going to catch me. Yeah, no. That, that unlikelihood that there was even two fucking other serial killers and that span of time is highly unlikely. So, right. I'm sorry, I digress. So, BATFA, B-A-T-F-E, Special Agent Dominic Palafrone, god damn, and Pat Kane. That's a name, ain't it? <laughs> worked with Phil Solomon, a close friend. <laughs> I cannot get past these goddamn names. So, we're up in New Jersey, so yeah. these are all fucking really ass, yeah. and I'm going to say it right now. I thought I could if, you, if this is the part, if, if this is the part where you fucking tune out because I mean, he's sensitive to New England stereotypes, go fuck yourself. I don't care. Pat Kane was the New Jersey State Police officer. He had been building a file on Kuklinski due to his connection with the burglaries and stolen merchandise sales in the area. Pat Kane eventually linked Kuklinski. To the five unsolved murders since he was the last person each of them were seen with. Now, Operation Iceman was started between the New Jersey Attorney General's office and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. They got involved because Kuklinski was also dealing firearms. So the BATFE special agent. Dominic Polafron, that's a big name to remember, along with Pat Kane, worked with Phil Solomine, a close friend of Kuklinski's. Now, posing as a mobster, uh, this is uh, Dominic Polafron. He was posing as a mobster named Dominic Provenzano. Uh, he purchased an illegal handgun and a muffler set from Kuklinski. While Polifron was recording Kuklinski, the Iceman, Richard Kuklinski, cold, confessing. cold as ice. He's such a fucking badass. having a corpse in a freezer for more than two years. Yes, which brings us back to the murder of Louise Masquet. Yeah, so, there we go. Yep, yeah, so Kuklinski also told Polifron that he preferred poison. He, yeah, he would say, hey, I prefer poison because, quote, why be messy? 
You do it nice and clean. Bada bing, bada boom. I've played the Sopranos game on PS2. I know what I'm fucking doing. Kuklinski asked Polifrone if he could get him pure cyanide. Now it's actually again, relatively easy. Just saying. Fair play, but we're talking about in the 80s. And again, uh, Daniel Deppner was one of the ones that they had linked. Hey, he was part of Kuklinski's burglary gang. And the markings they found on him were consistent with cyanide poisoning. Uh, so Kuklinski had asked uh, BATFE Special Agent Dominic Polifrone if he could get some fucking pure. Um, uh, fucking the the poison for him. So, um, Kuklinski, after confessing to Polifron, being like, "Hey, why would I be messy and make it nice and clean? I would love some more cyanide." Polifron said he would get Kuklinski the pure cyanide if Kuklinski would take care of a Jewish cocaine dealer for the mob. So now... How weird is that? Well, it is weird, but I want you... I want everyone who's listening to take remembrance of this topic. Because prior to now, nothing is ever linked to a mafia or mob, boss, whatever. But this is the point where I think Kuklinski, he kind of spun his web in the mythos of being connected to the mafia. Because Polifron acting, he was a D, he was a fucking B-A-T-F-E agent, acting as undercover, asked him if he could do this. Uh, Kuklinski oh, detailed so in recording, yeah, he detailed in recordings with Polifron how he would do it, and gave examples of how he used cyanide on a hamburger in a previous murder to take care of a rat. If you don't know what we're talking about, pause, rewind about five minutes, and boom, there you are. <laughs> uh, Kuklinski also told Polifron that he had a couple of other rats he still needed to take care of, and he was referring to Barbara Deppner, the sister of Daniel Deppner, and Percy House, who was arrested at this point, but had turned state's evidence. On December 17, 1996, Joe, Richard Kuklinski met with Dominic Polifron and got the cyanide from him in order to kill an undercover police officer for Polifron. Now, Richard Kuklinski, he went for a walk. He actually tested the cyanide he got from Polifron on a stray dog, but he rendered that the cyanide was fake because nothing ever happened to the stray dog. That scenario. Just saying. Just putting it out there. Well, depending on your opinions about animals. Yeah. But he tried it. It didn't work. So he was like, fuck, this isn't real. I guess that's better than a stray kid. Well, I mean, you're on Sorry. the, you're on the, you're on, you're a co-host of the podcast <laughs> that can argue against that above anyone else. And all of our fans would be like, that's a good point. And the new fans would be like, God damn, they're sick. I'm yeah. going to give them one thumbs up and, and I'm going to tune back in next week, but I'm never going to relieve a review because I don't want my family to know. <laughs> uh, but Kuklinski figured out the Sinai wasn't real. 
uh, and he became suspicious, Joe. Mm. So Kuklinski, he, he didn't attempt the murder that uh, pulled the front and kind of set up to kind of catch him. And instead, he went home. Two hours later, Joe. Yeah. Richard was- Kuklinski, the Iceman, was arrested at, at a, a roadblock. Road so is the roadblock the same as a driver's license check? Roughly, that we have yeah. It's, okay. it's like a stop in traffic, and the best they can do is check you for ID and shit like that. So I'm going to assume, because we're from the South, that that's what a roadblock means. Not necessarily that they were Driver, looking for Richard Kuklinski. and registration. Oh, hey. They were this. looking for Richard Kuklinski, but hey, if we can mop up anybody else in the process, we're the law. We love money. Let's do it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, potato, potato, who fucking knows? But two hours later, Kuklinski was arrested at Rogeblock. Now, His Kuklinski's wife. wife, Barbara. Tell yeah. us about Barbara, Joe. This is his second she, wife. The yeah. Former, current wife while this is going down. Yeah, but numero dos. She was charged with disorderly conduct for inferring in his arrest. Interfering. Interfering. Inferring. God damn. Yeah, very, two very different fucking things, yeah, especially yeah. in this context. Interfering in Kuklinski's arrest. Yeah, she was not playing fucking by the rules. She was fucking throwing down with it. And at this point, we now have an arrested Richard... The Iceman, Kuklinski. And so this actually sets the stage for Kuklinski's fucking trial. He was charged at this point in time with five counts of murder, six weapons violations, attempted murder, I I guess singularly, robbery, and attempted robbery. It was shown that Kuklinski had large amounts of money in Swiss bank accounts and had already had a flight reserved to head to Switzerland. Which I'm going like to say this. I'm a smart goddamn motherfucker. I'm going to say this right now. I'm going to say this right now as a white Southerner. <laughs> that line Joe just said was all you need to know that Kuklinski was white. The fact that <laughs> she said it. It was shown that Kuklinski had large amounts of money in Swiss bank accounts and already had a flight reserved to head to Switzerland. I read, I typed that. I did these notes and I went, that's a white motherfucker. That's all I could think. That's a white ass motherfucker right there, Joe. Oh, absolutely. So he had all this money. He was also held on a $2 million fucking bail bond and forced to, res- to surrender his passport. Obvious fucking. Sl- yeah, obviously. make sure he doesn't go to Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. So, a New Jersey Attorney General, W. Carey Edwards, said Kuklinski's motives were always about profit. Quote, Quote, he, yeah. Yeah, he set individuals up for business deals. They disappeared, and the money ended up in his hands. End quote. And that's and, why I, I was saying earlier, and I want to draw everything, because there's a lot of mythos around Richard the Iceman Kuklinski. No. He was not some grandiose, he was not some proven grandiose mafia hitman the hell shit richard kuklinski was your normal fucking dude who loved money above everything else and did not bat an eyelash when it came to earning the money no absolutely not so at the trial barbara deppner 
obviously one of his partners. And yeah, she was part of the burglary gang, the sister of Daniel Deppner, who was killed by Kuklinski. I, you know, by the way. Yeah, so sister and Percy House gave evidence against Kuklinski along with BFTE. A B-A-F-T-E special agent, uh, Paula Frone. Yeah, that's the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Yes. That's the guy that was in on the sting. Okay, so that's the reason why I don't give a shit about them. So, <laughs> so uh, neither Richard's family or neighbors were ever aware that any of his killings and illegal dealings were going on. Now, his wife said, oh, I'm sorry, not uh, not his wife, but um, Deppner's sister said. Yeah, Barbara she had, Deppner. Yeah, Barbara. Um, she actually had suspicions due to their lifestyle and the amounts of cash they always uh, always ended up having on hand. But she never questioned Richard, you know, because you know she was benefiting. A, a so wait, bit. wait a second. I typed, I, I typed that wrong because that oh, is Daniel. that is, that is no, no. So no, that is Kuklinski's second wife, current wife, during all this stuff. Oh, so while okay. this was coming out, she said, "Hey, I, I had suspicions." Due to his lifestyle, you know, his comings and goings, and also the amount of physical cash she would have on him. But like a good New Jersey housewife, she didn't <laughs> ask shit. So she was, she, I think she was of the she mind of like, her nails hey, done, if, her I, hair's if I, if done, if, and the if kids I, are taken care of, like, if fuck, I don't, I if I don't ask when shit hits the fan and I say, I don't know, I'm not lying. Oh, I could pass a polygraph at that point, really. It, exactly. But uh, in March of 1988, Joe, Richard Kuklinski was found guilty of the murders of Gary Smith and Daniel Deppner. Now, we mentioned five murders earlier. These are the two murders that took place from Kuklinski that were involved in his burglary gang, Gary Smith and Daniel Deppner. Uh... He was found guilty, but the jury found the deaths were not proven to be by Kuklinski's conduct, Joe, which meant no death penalty. Richard Kuklinski was sentenced to a minimum of 60 years in prison at the age of 52. After the trial, Joe, Richard Kuklinski confessed to the murders of George Miliband, Paul Hoffman, and Louis Masgay in exchange. Now, he confessed to these other... Th- we named five. Yeah. He was convicted of two. He confessed to the other three. But he did this in exchange for the firearms charge against his wife, who was helping him resist arrest when he was arrested. Yeah. There was an Defending illegal firearm found in the car at the time, so they could pin it on both of them. He was like, okay, wipe that off her record. And also a marijuana possession possession charge against his son to be dismissed. This resulted in an additional Joe two life sentences being added to Kuklinski's sentence with no parole Joe until he was eligible until he was the age of 111 and. Barbara, his second wife, actually divorced him in 1993, roughly four to five, six years after his conviction. 
Now, this is a beautiful fucking introduction into the actual Iceman tapes. Right. He's convicted now. He's in. He's, yep. he's gone. He's gone. There's no death penalty, but the motherfucker is gone until he dies. Yeah. This adds into, like, the social stigma, or you say, like, trendy stigma of the Iceman. Honestly, so- I think what we're about to discuss now, the Iceman tapes, most people... That is what they know of Richard yep. Kuklinski versus everything from his conviction and prior. Yep. Most people know about the Iceman tapes, which is why this mythos has developed around him versus actually knowing what he was convicted of and everything prior. Joe, I yield back to you. Okay. So in 1992, 2001, and 2003, Kuklinski sat down for a series of interviews known as the Iceman Tapes, quote-unquote, for HBO. Yep. Now, during these interviews, he claimed to have murdered over 100 people in ways and started killing at the age of 14 using homeless people as practice. Yeah, he now, was, I'm going to diverge he saying, here. Oh, like I'm going to diverge here. I, I will say this because I, I noticed a little bit of a linguistic bluff in what I did. Mm-hmm. As far as in ways, Kuklinski confessed to really not having a modus operandi. He didn't. He killed him in various ways. It wasn't about so much as thrill killing as it was for profit. Now, we look back at Kuklinski's confirmed and convicted murders, and they were either for profit or for protecting his profit. So I won't say that that's wrong. However, once he was convicted and knew he was in jail until the day he died, he spun this romantic idea of himself killing for profit in my personal opinion joe no i I can agree with that so during these interviews again he actually claimed to have murdered over 100 people in ways or different ways and started killing at the age of 14 using homeless people's practice none of the alleged murder uh, murders could ever be connected to kuklinski even though authorities believe that he probably did commit more than five of the murders he was charged with. Right. Even the authorities were saying, hey, there we got him for five. He's five. probably done more than five. If you yeah. look back, even if you're just a dreadhead and you look back at the 16 prior episodes, it's way too they normally don't catch people with everything. No. You should always add a few on top of it, and that's what they were doing. But they had him on the five, and they certainly said, hey, he's probably more responsible for five than what we know of. But the motherfucker is not responsible for 100 or 200 like he's saying. Yeah. So at this point in time, he was still alleging that there was mom connections that he participated in or was responsible for many more emphasis. Which again, like mafia murders. Like we said, there's no connection to the mob until you get to BAFTE special agent Polifron who was posing as a member of a mafia family. Prior to that, it was him taking out customers that had large amounts of cash on them at the time and taking out members of his burglary gang that he was worried, Joe, were going to snitch him out back to you. So in 2002, an interview with forensic psychiatrist Dr. Park Dietz Deet stated that he believed Kuklinski actually suffered from antisocial personality disorder and paranoid personality disorder. 
Copeland's daughter, Merrick, said that Richard did these interviews because her mother, so his wife, yep. asked him to, and her mother was compensated very well for them. So you do have to kind of lend credence to the fact that, oh, she's going to paint him a certain way because she's getting financial benefit from Well, that's it. the thing is that he was interviewed three different times. We said, what, 92, 2001, and 03. Now, Kuklinski was never on death row. They were never going to they were never going to put him to death. That was part of a bargain. So, when you think of someone like Eileen Warnos, who we covered Infamy earlier, me equals money. Fair play, but what, but but what to that point? When I'm saying like someone like Eileen Warnos, she was on death row. There's a reason to every few years do an interview with her as she draws the clock closer. Is right, but there is no reason for Kuklinski. Once you talk to him in '92. There's no real reason to talk to him in 2001. He's not going to the fucking chair or lethal injection. Anything he told you in 92 should be the same as 2001 or 2003. But in these Iceman tapes, which I'm pretty certain if you have HBO Max, you can watch all of them. We didn't snip it in. A, it's HBO. We did not want to fucking run afoul of that shit. But if you have HBO Max, you can find them, and they're pretty prevalent. Unlike like Ricardo Lopez and some of the Eileen Warnos that we gave you, the Iceman tapes are fucking out there. They're practically their own fucking movies. You can find Which, them if, if you want aware, to. if you're not aware, I wasn't aware, because honestly, if I'd have known that those tapes were on HBO, I'd been like, hey, John, let's go watch it. I had no fucking idea but, until but, okay. this goddamn moment. So, so here's the reason why I didn't bring them up, Joe. I want you to, to focus on me at this yeah. point. I didn't bring them up. Because before I'd done any actual research on Richard Kuklinski, I had seen all three of these Iceman tapes personally. Mm. So I went into this with this grandiose, romanticized idea. And I, re- I pretty much remember when we first started talking about it, I was like, he's named the Iceman because he was a cold-blooded mafia killer. No. The interviews, if you watch them, I promise you, take them with a grain of salt. You are watching a man who provably, I'm not going to say for sure because none of us really know, but from what we can prove, he had a self-inflated ego, a self-aggrandized image of himself and what he was doing. Again, I'm not going to say... So the opposite of us. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, we, we tell you it's the shit show. Richard Kuklinski tells you it's the fucking golden sparkly show. But from what we can prove, and that's all we can take away at this point, we can speculate all day, but from what we can prove, his interviews were from someone who thought far higher of himself than what he actually provably did. And... Again, that's not to mean they're not they're they're a great watch. Go watch them. You absolutely should, especially if you're in a true crime. Anytime you're in a true crime, a if they're talking to the actual killer, you should always want to listen. Take it with a grain of salt. You're dealing with a fucking psychopath. Yeah, but it's absolutely. certainly worth the fucking time. And in Kuklinski's case, it was someone at least evidence wise had a more self-inflated idea of himself than what was actually proven. And then you have his his oldest daughter with his second wife, Merrick, who said, hey, he did these to fatten my mother's pockets. So if I'm Kuklinski and I'm trying to look out for my wife, 
I'm going to leave you wanting more in 1992. But I want you to want more in 01 and 03. That is very much a throwback to an older episode where we covered Fred and Rose West, where it was suspected, especially for their eldest son, that, or no, I'm sorry, their youngest son, that that was the only reason Fred confessed and wanted them to fatten their fucking pockets because he was trying to protect Rose. Yeah, he was, and he was definitely trying to protect Rose. Yeah, so that actually lends a lot of fucking credence. I would say in that instance, Fred was trying to protect Rose far more than he was caring for them kids. And go back to listen to that episode. Fred didn't give a fuck about those kids. Not Luckily, they were kind of goddamn bit unless they were his. Yeah, they were kind. They at, were kind at of his disposal. They were beneficial runoff to him trying to protect uh, uh, Rose. This leads us into the death of the Iceman. Yep. So in October of 2005, Kuklinski was actually diagnosed with Kawasaki disease. That's four wheelers. He's got he's got ATVs and jet skis just crawling out of his ass in prison. Uh, I will be the. I'm first correct, to... Joe. Right? <laughs> sure. I don't fuck know. You would know You're better not. than me, RN student. <laughs> I, I I surmise that from fucking being a white boy who knows about <laughs> motorsports. But continue, because Kawasaki disease is a real shit. You know, it's Kawasaki's a real thing. Kawasaki is a great motorcycle. Okay, so <laughs> I will I will just say I have no goddamn idea what Kawasaki disease is. No, we neither one of us. It's, no. it's kind of a rarish shit from what I could figure I, out in the notes. Okay, so I would assume that Kawasaki disease was the name of it was only derived from a doctor who was like, hey. These particular stigmas or symptoms fall into this category. I'm going to name it after me. As fucking egotistical as that sounds, that's a re- the biggest reason why a lot of shit's fucking named in the Which medical Which way to profession. be an American motherfucker, Dr. Kawasaki, <laughs> to be like, hey, this is slightly different. Put my name on it. <laughs> America. <laughs> so overall, uh, overall, the notes just say that it was an inflammation of the blood vessels. Right. And if I were thinking about that in like a medical perspective, because I'm only a fucking semester into my nursing career. That but you're top of the class. <laughs> you're fucking killing it. I.E. you're a bomb ass bitch. I'm turning it right I'm, back to I'm, you. I'm, about to say, I'm, I'm one of the top. You're so, killing it. Yes. So, uh, if I was looking at this and just, like, direct notes, so inflammation or infection of the blood vessels would honestly mean that there's an issue with um, constriction or uh, blood flow. So, I'm not sure if that means that there's going to be, like, death of tissue on extremities or if that means that the heart is not... uh, Pumping correctly, and, and or I myself, there's not good enough circulation. I, I don't know. I myself and all dreadheads listening appreciate your input because you clearly didn't look at the future notes. Not mean that in, in a negative way. You're giving your opinion before I'm reading. Going line by but no, before reading line the facts, and that's fucking great light. because uh, <laughs> Richard Kuklinski was transferred to a secure wing at St. Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey. Kuklinski actually, Joe. Asked wow. the doctors to revive him should he develop cardiopulmonary arrest. But his, at this point, former wife, Barbara, had <laughs> signed a do not resuscitate God damn, a order. DNR. God damn. God damn. Hey, that's them, that's them, like, be- that's them, that's them beautiful bouffant fucking Aquanet <laughs> hairspray jersey bitches right there. Y'all know who y'all are. 
Men, if you love them, watch your back. And if you're ever in a hospital, somebody fucking slaps a form in front of you and says, DNR, that is a do not fucking resuscitate. This is why Snooky should never be in charge of your fucking <laughs> medical history, my Jersey bros and broettes. A week, Joe, before Richard Kuklinski's death, the hospital actually reached out to ex-Mrs. Kuklinski, Barbara, to see if she wished to overturn this order. to die. But she said, nah. Yeah. Nah. I'm too busy fucking Who hanging fuck out in Jersey to? Shore and doing it. So, and so on, on March yep. 5th, 2006. Yep. Richard fucking goddamn Iceman Kuklinski yep. died at the ripe old age of 40. I'm no, you read that wrong. What the eyes fuck? My eyes literally Your crossed. eyes crossed from booze, you fucking yeah. re- well, reject. I love away. you. He died at, at the, the age of 70. 70. from cardiac arrest. God yep. damn it, I am sorry. It looked like 40. Fuck. Hell. Woo. So with... Richard the Iceman Kuklinski, dead at the age of 70 in the year of our Lord, crossing my head to my sternum, (laughs) left tit to right tit, right tit to left. Uh, 2006, he's done. He's off the face of the planet. No matter what all the shit he confessed to and said he was a part of, we were able to, or the, the system and powers that be were able to prove that he was a serial killer that took care of five people two or three of which involved in his own burglary gang. We like to always wrap it up with a bit of pop culture. And in this case, versus most of our other ones, he's got some really well, or he's got a really well-known pop culture. In 2012, Joe, a movie called The Iceman was released that was loosely based off the Anthony Bruno book, The Iceman, The True Story of a Cold-Blooded Killer. Now, this film starred Michael Shannon, you know. One of my favorite actors of all fucking time. I will guts, though. Whatever. I'll (laughs) I'll watch Michael Shannon fucking pass a fucking kidney stone. And it'll be art. He was great as Rich Kuklinski. We had also in there... Boardwalk Empire. He's amazing at Boardwalk Empire, Midnight Special. Everything he's ever touched, he's amazing. Oh, that'll be another episode. Uh, The Iceman also featured Winona Ryder, Ray Liotta, because if you're talking about wise guys in New Jersey, and as long as Ray Liotta has fucking oxygen in his lungs, there's a (laughs) casting call for him. And also a pre-Captain America, Mr. Chris Evans. Now, this is not the most historically accurate movie. However, I will always, honestly, right now, if someone said, hey, there's a weird film out there of Michael Shannon fucking shitting out a Matchbox car, I would be the first one to tell you, A, it's art because he's an amazing person. Everyone should watch it. Got out of it. Watch this movie. It's a great movie. It's not a factually great. It's a great movie because, honestly, Michael Shannon just slays everything he does. It's a good movie to watch. But not for the truth. It In is my very experience, I will agree, but I have no idea about this one. No, I, I've, I actually, again, I knew all about the mythos and the pop culture and urban legend about Richard Kuklinski before I actually knew about the real shit. And I will dare say, because I'm not that far untuned from everybody else, I guarantee you most people, apart from role model, again, shout out for wanting us to do this episode, Most people know about the mythos, the pop culture, 
the urban legend of Richard Kuklinski and not who he was. I'm not saying we did the best deep dive in the world. It's spread the dread. It's the shit show. We're doing what the fuck we can. But hopefully at the end of these episodes, you'll realize Richard Kuklinski was not some larger-than-life figure. He talked a big game like many other serial killers talked a massive game. Absolutely. And just like most of those, the, the shit he claimed, for some reason, overrides the shit we were able to prove. And Kuklinski is very much in that vein, but he's something that's definitely worth your time. Not just listening to this. Do a little bit digging and research. stuff. Again, you got you got to fuck- us out if we fuck something up. We love our fucking listeners. Absolutely. You're like, hey, you don't know about this, that, and the other? Like, bring it up. No, especially like when we did Snowtown and we had uh, oh, that guy out of Australia. Yeah. He was around. He was yeah, he was going to give wonderful. us insight we could never fucking read. So we never unwelcome a healthy conversation. But from someone on the outside looking in and trying to take a deeper dive. And again, because we ain't your normal motherfucking shitty ass true crime ha 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 fucking podcast that reads Wikipedia verbatim and cracks a fucking dick joke and goes on. We crack dick jokes, but we got research to back that shit up. But when it comes to Richard Kuklinski, he to me is a very fascinating character because I, again, I'm someone who was aware of his pop culture far before I was aware of the facts around him. And because I've been on both sides, I can tell you the pop culture that you know about him, even if you only know a little bit, it's worth getting away from that pop culture just to learn a little bit more about a family man who was married with kids and was able to do this shit without them knowing. That is the far more interesting story versus what the media and the Iceman tapes that he said all that shit presents to you. So that wraps up episode 17, Joe, about the Iceman Richard Kuklinski. I had a blast doing this one. Yeah. This was actually a lot of fun because I think out of most of the ones we've done prior to him, I had a lot of pop culture knowledge about him versus actual knowledge. So I want to thank Role Model on Instagram for bringing this up again. Kuklinski was already on our list. But we pushed it up because we love our fucking fans and we wanted to fucking give that to it. But I had a lot. We had very much like a baseline knowledge of it. And we're like, oh, that's interesting enough to go on our list that, god damn it, y'all motherfucking love y'all dreadheads. It keeps growing. We'll We'll cut them out, but we get like 10 more. We'll cut two, we'll get 10. Right, which is always good. Again, always send us your suggestions. But again, Kuklinski was already on there, but because Role Model reached out on IG, he got bumped up. Richard Kuklinski, he was almost dreadheads added in the same vein of a lot of your major pop culture serial killers, such as Bundy, Ramirez, Dahmer, because I thought personally I knew so much about him already because I've watched the Iceman tapes. I've seen the Iceman movie. So I had a very profound knowledge on Richard Kuklinski from a pop culture aspect. So when we were making our list of of ideas, he kept getting pushed down because I thought it was going to be old hat. The only reason he got bumped up was because of our IG fan role model. And so I was like, all right, I want to to throw him or her either or neither nor a bone. Let's do it. And I was fucking fucking shook because I was like, fucking hell. The pop culture around Richard Kuklinski 
is like 15 to 20% real and like 80% the shit he said, which is not provable. And role model, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, this is what we researched and found out. If you agree with all of our research prior to this, but don't like our research on this, I don't know what to tell you. We, I dug. I fucking dug and dug and dug. And the fact of the matter is, is that if you know about the mythos of Richard Kuklinski, he's not as fucking cool as you think he is. It's no. still a very interesting story. No. You got a family man with kids who was packing serious wads of cash and showering on his family. One minute he was a great family man. One moment he was beating his wife and he's fucking killing people for 90 grand and fucking blank VHS tapes and this and this. Very interesting story. There's no reason to conflate a pop culture mythos around him. It's still a very no. interesting story. No. Uh, but hopefully and you, you listen to this and you found it. you did a great job with the notes. You did a wonderful job with the notes. That's the only reason I'm not going on any kind of tangent because I a thousand percent agree with you. That there's a lot more when it comes to, like, conflation to his ego right. side and, and not a whole lot of facts. And I'm sorry, but it actually falls into that curtail or that medium of saying, okay, he was only saying he was this, that, this and that way when it came to his crimes. But honestly, his actions, his modus operandi do not fit the crimes. But the funny thing is, is that... What the the legit story is still very interesting. Oh yeah. So it's almost interest one of those where it's interest. like, I, yeah. I, you know, obviously Facts now, are not interest is interest. Right, but if you take what he claims in the Iceman tapes versus what he's actually found out about, what he claims in the Iceman tapes are where they're going to sell more, you know, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray copies of the Iceman tapes, more HBO subscriptions, more books, yada yada yada. But if you're a real friend of true crime. That shit is, like, kind of fucking out there. What's really interesting is the fact that this was just a New Jersey husband that had a wife and kids, was doing all kinds of shady bootlegging, stolen goods fucking uh, deals, where he was he murdered a few people that he was going to meet up with that had large amounts of cash on them, and also murdered a couple of his cohorts because he was worried they were going to rat him out. That's a very good fucking interest story. It's the same reason why we said before, Joe, we're not saying that Spread the Dreads never going to talk about Dahmer or Bundy or Gacy or any of those. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're going to discuss them. And to be fair, you may hate our episode because yeah. we're going to dig to the fucking truth. Not that we're fucking anything else, but we we're all. We're not super sleuths, but no. we, we personally find shit interesting. And we're going to talk about it regardless if it fucking fits like a common, yeah. uh, what he would say, um, like uh, vernacular or uh, a common. Like, like their, their, their mythology and shit. Yeah. It, Gacy does not need to fit in pop culture the way he is portrayed now to still be an insanely interesting true crime yeah. case study. Yeah. The motherfucker legitimately dressed as a clown. The motherfucker legitimately fucking raped teenage boys and buried him in his crawl space. You do not need pop culture to intervene no. there. That is an interesting motherfucker. The same and with Bundy, with Dahmer, with uh, anybody you could think of, Son of Sam, Richard Ramirez, any of these people. 
we're not here to give you the fucking the the fucking the 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 the, the pop culture. We all know that shit. Yeah. So we will get to them eventually. We will. And I want to say I want to get to a fucking Gacy before any of them else. Big time. Yeah. Because I find Gacy fucking very fucking intriguing. Absolutely. And he was one of the first serial killers that I actually got a lot of like. He was your, from your home state of Illinois. Too. Yeah. Yeah. He was from Chicago, Illinois. He was actually from a neighborhood where my dad actually grew up. And a lot of my dad's influence, is, especially part of his, uh, I guess you'd say, personal opinion towards homosexuality and the yeah. underground, like, had a big influence on why I was like, holy shit, fucking Gacy, dude. It's and- the same thing with Dahmer. The real story of Dahmer, yeah. his childhood and what led to it, is far more fascinating yes. than his pop culture status. The yeah. same thing, everyone thinks of Ed Gein. They think, oh, he inspired Leatherface. Leatherface murdered a bunch of people. That is not what Ed Gein is about. No. It's honestly kind of tricky to actually classify yeah. Ed Gein as a serial Ed killer. Ed is another interest of ours. But Ed Gein is an insanely interesting person. Yeah. He's not the biggest, most prolific serial killer. We got those motherfuckers coming up. Oh. I promise you, the serial killers that are the most prolific Especially if you're American, you don't know about Louis Garavito. Oh. You didn't know about the Gonzalez Valenzuela sisters nope. and the few others we got coming down the line that are actual, legitimate Guinness Book of World Record holders for body counts. You think prolific. You think Bundy, Gacy, Dahmer, no. Ramirez, Gein. They're no. only popular because of fucking pop culture. But the, but, but the thing is, is that if you get away from their pop culture, their real story is so much more yes. fucking fascinating. And that's why Even I love someone Gacy. that's been done to death like yep. Bundy. Bundy is like literally the modern day like zombie. of Like yeah. everybody a few years ago with Walking Dead was like, we're fucking done. We're done with zombies. We're fucking Don't over talk it. shit about when, I know, I know, but, but you're one of the OGs that actually read the comics uh-huh. and all that shit, so I give you that. Yep. But, like, as far as modern-day serial killers, everybody is so sick to goddamn death of Bundy at this point. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, the reason you're sick of him is because all of these movies and documentaries keep feeding in to a pop culture narrative when the reality of Bundy yep. is far more fucking interesting. And, Joe, I'm going to get on my soapbox right there. <laughs> I'm going to get off of it because... All, this episode's about Richard Kuklinski, and I hope you loved it. I hope Role Model, I hope you loved it. I hope we led up to it. If we didn't, unfriend us. We're not going to re-fucking record it. This is how we came out with it. But, Joe, I had a blast. Yeah, I, I love digging deeper into Kuklinski. I always love it when you do notes, and I Yeah, get you get to experience them firsthand. Yeah. So, to be fair, the, the, the more that everything he confessed to being mm. is not scary. He confessed to basically being a mobster hitman. That's not scary. And it played but into an not. egotistical sense of himself, and it means no more than that. Actually, but the, the, the realness of Kuklinski is terrifying. You have a family man who came home nightly to his wife and his kids, took them for horse riding lessons on a ranch. Gave him Christmas gifts. None of his neighbors knew anything about what the fuck he was doing while he committed at least five provable murders. That 
is far more interesting and that than is any pop culture lie or any lie that came from his mouth of how he self-aggrandized himself. And that is why you tune in to Spread the Dread podcast, because we spread dread. We don't spread rumors. We don't spread fucking mythos. We take that shit on real shit. And Richard Kuklinski is a motherfucker who is worthy of your dread, but not for the reasons that most of you know him for. So in wrapping up, Joe, once again, tell them where do they need to go to connect with Spread the Dread Podcast? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com, What are they going to find there, Joe? Uh, the top most popular fucking a- podcast applications plus a link to our YouTube and our bit shoot. And now our fucking merch shot. And now our donation area where it has actual fucking tiers and details of what each dollar amount will get you. And we plan on backlogging it just to say Absolutely. That. If you've given to us prior, we're going to fucking honor that shit. The, again, the best way to follow the, the, the donation tiers and all that stuff is on Instagram and Facebook, spreadthedreadpodcast.com. We're going to be posting flyers up. So, you know, hey, if I give you $5, if I give you 20 bucks, if I give you 50 if I give you 100 what you're going to get. We got some good tiers planned out, everybody. I hope you fucking love it. And if you have suggestions, for how to, suge- to to alter those tiers to make them more valuable. We're all fucking ears. But again, spreadthedreadpodcast.com. Links to all the major podcast platforms that handle us. There's also a fucking player from Podbean right there. So even if you can't get onto an app, you can go to our website and listen to all our episodes right there. We encourage you to do that. Joe, is there anything else? Nope. That's all of it, baby. I think we covered it. So. I'm John. And I'm Joe. And thank you for checking out this newest episode of Spread the Dread Podcast. We hope you have a great morning or great night, no matter where you may be while you're listening to this. And in the fucking immortal words of our man, Jack Torrance. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?